Welcome to the Nebraska Hawksmith. These guys are brave! They're Hawkeyes, living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their point. But they're still Hawkeyes! They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled! Corn Huskers? More like Corn Suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go Hawks! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest, your Hawkeye Oasis located in a Nebraska desert. The boys are back. We got the Miller Light Delight. We got Kyle Schlicker. If you guys are listening on Facebook, give us a like, give us a share. We appreciate that. Um, YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to the podcast, give us a good score. Uh, make sure to follow us, get the notification bells, all that crap. Make sure you hop in and do that so you guys can see us. Boys, what, what, are, you, what are you drinking tonight? I, I'm sipping on a little Tito's. Um, and, uh, had, had a swarm vodka before that, Matt, what are you drinking right now? I got a little, uh, CC and seven. All right, Kyle, we got to medicate after that performance on Saturday. So we're having to have some drinks. We got to numb the pain. What are you drinking right now? I've got some, uh, good old Goose Island beer company right here in Chicago. Some, uh, neon beer hug and IPA at 7%. Okay. Three of these, oh, three or four of these and three or four of these in your, uh, you're done for the night. Nighty night. Wow. Well, then you switch. Then you switch to Tito's. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, Soldier of the USA says he's boycotting all games until BF is gone. I, I, I feel you, brother. I mean, I feel yeah. you. Um, when we're just going to dive on into this, guys. People are pissed. This is going to be a venting session for us right now. Um, this is terrible that that was one of the worst. And I granted, I know Penn state's a really good football team, but we absolutely did not put up a fight in that game whatsoever. It was, it was pathetic and I'm really, really frustrated. We're going to go over the stat line here real quick. And we want to hear what you guys think from what you saw. This is a venting session. It's a therapy session. We want to hear what you guys are going through right now, what your thoughts are on the program. Um, Silas said, I heard the sound of a toilet flushing in Iowa city, flush that one and focus on the next. I mean, that's all you can do at this point, flush it and focus on the next. I mean, move on, but nonetheless, we're going to look back at it, dissect it a little bit, and we're going to complain because, uh, that was a horrible football game to watch. I mean, we had so much promise and so much hope going into this season with the new additions to um, some of the talent on the team. And it has just not panned out. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, the play calling, the lack of creativity from our offensive coordinator, um, the, 
ridiculousness that we have going on on the offensive line. I mean, um, George Barnett should not be employed any longer as an offensive line coach. That change needs to happen immediately. Okay, because it can't get worse than what it is right now. That offensive line is terrible. That used to be the shining star of uh, of this offense was one of the best offensive lines in the country. And it's a freaking joke right now. Uh, Other than Logan Lee, there isn't a guy on that line that could carry the jockstrap for anybody on Penn State. It's pathetic. And George Barnett, you're coming out and this is what your fourth or fifth year as the offensive line coach. You're not hacking it. It, enough's enough. I mean, those guys are overwhelmed. They're overmatched. They're not prepared to be able to take the pressure. And Cade has not played great. He hasn't looked good. And on top of it, it's a similar situation with Spencer. I mean, he doesn't have time to throw the ball. He's under constant pressure all the time. Yeah. And we're going to look at the stat line. And I want to get your guys' thoughts a little bit. But again, 31 to nothing, which was, in my opinion, you know, freaking pathetic. Um, and Kyle's getting called a legend already. That's uh, Kyle, man. You got some fans out there, my my man. I love it. Um, yeah. And AZ Hawk, I you know, no first downs in second and third quarters. So we're gonna take a look at this real quick. And again, give us your comments. How you guys are feeling? We're gonna incorporate that into the show. You know, this is gonna be our Hawkeye overreaction. Kind of what we what we do. I'm pissed off. I'm frustrated. This is pr- the first time, and I can't remember how long I shut off the game before it was over. My, we have two TVs down here in the basement. My wife's a Notre Dame fan. It was on at the same time. I just turned it to the Notre Dame game, let her watch that, and I was like, I'm done. I'm not watching this crap anymore. And it didn't get any better. Um, the stat line for this game, we put it out there. I think a lot of you guys have seen this. Uh, 79 total yards. I mean, wow. Uh, Beth, gets, Beth, you got some cleaning house to do uh, w- with this offensive staff. And... If Kirk doesn't like it, I'm sorry, Kyle. Like, I know you got to kind of be a little bit more respectful than us because, you know, you played for him and you're going to be in contact with the program. So our, our, my opinion and Matt's opinion doesn't necessarily reflect what Kyle thinks. So he, he's, he's his own man. He's going to say what he thinks. 79 total yards versus 397 of Penn State. 79 versus 397. That's not a typo. Uh, 56 passing yards the whole game. Uh, you're not going to beat a high school football team with 56 passing yards. Penn State, 182. Rushing yards, we had 23. 23 rushing yards. Uh, Penn State had 215 yards per play. Like Every one of these stat lines jumps out and hits you in the face. 2.4 yards per play. Ain't going to cut it. Not even close. <laughs> we had four first downs the whole game. Four. Penn State had 29. Now, this is these two stats are the ones that really jump off the page at you. Matt, do you remember how many are you probably don't total plays we ran for this game? Do you do you remember exactly what that is, Matt or Kyle? Uh, 28. Very close. We we had 33 total plays for that game. 33 plays. Penn State had 97. Yeah, that's horrible. They had as many fourth down conversions as we had first down conversions. <laughs> um, time up, and this is yeah. the other the other big one, major major one. Okay, a couple here. We had four fumbles lost in that game. Penn State zero, and the biggest of them all, time of possession. Okay, 
a major contributing factor to Iowa winning football games. We had the ball for 14 minutes and 33 seconds. 14 minutes and 33 seconds. Penn State had it for 45 minutes and 27 seconds. That's horrendous. Uh, the good. only bright spot on that team is Tory Taylor. That guy is playing wonderful football. He is kicking the hell out of it and putting it in beautiful spots. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see. So um, we got a lot of comments rolling in here. So I, I got to get to those and then try to go through those. But Matt, we're going to start out with the Miller Light Delight. What are your thoughts on that embarrassing performance? And I, is this team in trouble? I don't even know where to start on this game. It's it's just you can pretty much pick up the ball anywhere. It's terrible all the way around. Uh, the left guard couldn't block that uh, defensive end through the whole game. He was the shining star of the Penn State defense. Like, I mean, no protection on the blind side. Uh, I mean, like I said, four, four – four fourth down conversions versus, you know, our four first down conversions, 14 minutes. I mean, the defense was gassed. You could tell they were, they were, they, they poured everything they had into it. And I mean, there was still some, I mean, I felt like there was even some holes on some defense. Some, some guys didn't play as well as I thought they maybe were in the past. Um, I don't know. I guess it was, off all the way around. I I also turned it a little bit early. I didn't watch all the fourth quarter because it was brutal to watch. Um, worst, worst since well, worst in twenty five years. I think is another stat I heard. Uh, another thing I, that I wanted to kind of bring up. I don't know if anybody else has noticed, but I mean the O line has definitely struggled more and more year over year since Doyle's left. Is it strength and conditioning? I mean, there, there might be some ties there. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, I, what else do you contribute this to? We've never seen an offense. We've never seen offensive lines this bad since he's left. So, I mean, strength and conditioning coach, O-line coach, uh, you know, Kirk said, uh, that they're not going to rebuild a playbook, which obviously in the middle of the year, you're not going to rebuild a playbook, but you ought to be able to, you know, revamp, simplify, um, maybe yeah. quicken some plays up. So the reads don't have to be so long. There's got to be something you can do because if you're going to do the same thing all year long, this is what we're going to see. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't make adjustments really in the off season. Even this is like, we're going to put our heads down and do what we do. And, yeah. you know, ho and just hope that it'll eventually work. And you always say, what's the definition, Matt, what's the def definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. Ding, 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 ding. That is correct. Uh, Kenny says offensive line is and has been the problem for the last few years. I 100% agree, Kenny. Iowa has more. Uh, talent offensively than it has in the last years. Uh, again, that, that's a that right that right there. We've had a a lot of upgrades on on the offensive side of the ball. Doesn't matter if you don't get any of these guys the ball, you know right. that. And that's uh, sorry, Brian. That's on you, man. I we've been patient with you. You've had plenty of time to get this thing going, and it's only gotten worse and worse over time. So, um, I appreciate everything Kirk's done for us. You know he he's done some amazing things, but. You know, we're, I think I speak for the majority, not everybody, you know, everyone's got their own voice here, but you know, 
I'm not even going to say I speak for the majority of Iowa fans. I, I speak for myself where it, it, I'd like to see something different. You know, we need a new off- offensive coordinator. I'm ready for a whole entire new regime to come in and show us what they can do. Because like I told you guys last week and the week before, I'll always love Iowa football. That's always my team. Um, I got a freaking tiger hawk and tattooed on the side of my leg. Look at my freaking basement. You know, you know, I'll always be a diehard Hawkeye fan, but when you put out the same product on the field every single year, pretty much I'm getting burned out on watching it. You can only watch so many reruns and there is no, no urgency to upgrade any of this because Kirk knows that, especially with a new athletic director, is Beth's gonna is Beth Getz gonna come in and, and fire him? I highly doubt it. And you know, we knew that um old Crooked Tooth wasn't gonna do anything about it when he was on in in the spot too, you know. So uh I'm just I, sorry, that was a low blow, but uh, <laughs> a low blow, but he was incompetent. And you know, Beth has done some great things already. I feel like she gets it, but I'm sick of the over politically correctness and the over patience. You know, I, this stuff doesn't fly at other programs. Kyle, what are your thoughts on that stat line? What you saw and also being a guy that's played in Penn state, you've lived it and tell us what you thought from what you saw on Saturday. All right. Well, I mean, first off from a player's perspective, I feel, I feel really bad for the players. You know, that's a tough loss uh, at a tough environment. Uh, I mean, what, I, what was going through my mind was the flight home, you know, packing things up, how quiet things are. Uh, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. Uh, it really is. Um, that's something that I can't really explain. And I, I feel bad for them. Um, you know, as a former player watching this game, and by the way, this game was broadcasted on Paramount Plus, which I'm a subscriber to. So as I, I was able to watch the entire thing without uh, interruptions. Uh, well, I take that back. I was playing indoor yard darts with my son while we were watching the game, and he played with his uh, he played yard darts indoor yard darts with my uh, my helmet on the entire time. So anyway, uh, we you know, gosh guys, uh, you know, Cade McNamara. I mean, where do I start? You know, I felt bad for him. He couldn't get the ball off. He couldn't do anything. The guys were getting in there so quick. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, and then you know pretty quickly in the first half, I saw the defense, you could just tell by their body language, like they were getting beat up. I mean, Penn state was just too fast, too strong, too physical. Um, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know what the answer is here. I, I, I truly don't. I feel bad for the coaching staff. I feel bad for the players, you know, the, the, in my, in my opinion, the, the coaches are only as good as the players ability to execute the plays on the field at the given time. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm a little bit biased towards that because you know that the week of preparation going towards that was probably great. And the plays that he was calling and the trust that he had in the players was great. You know, blah, 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 pick me apart, rip me apart, whatever you want to do. Uh, but you know, like it really does come down to uh, the play calling and um, the situation you know, watching Cade McNamara get subbed out and seeing Deacon Hill come in there. I mean, that was actually kind of refreshing to see Deacon Hill kind of whip it around a little bit, you know, even when knowing that we're not going to probably come back and score to get to answer your question uh, or your uh, to, I guess, piggyback on Matt, your, uh, 
your comment about, uh, you know, is it strength conditioning with the O-line? You know, we started to see kind of a shift when Doyle left. I, I agree with you. I will say Raymond Braithwaite was there when Doyle was there. I had Raymond Braithwaite all through my college career as an assistant, and he is absolutely phenomenal. Hmm. But I will say this. I don't want to take away anything from, you know, because, again, I'm not there. I'm not inside the program. I don't know what's going on. But there was a certain attitude that, that Doyle brought to the table. Um, you know, we could, we could talk for hours about the whole Doyle situation. I mean, we could talk for hours about how, you know, the thousands of, of players that he helped, uh, you know, become better people, blah, 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 blah. But there was a different attitude that he brought to the table. And I think that that may, that may play a role in the attitude that's on the field. Again, yeah. I'm not trying to downplay anything that, that Coach Braithwaite is bringing to the table, but because and the only reason I can say that is because he was there when I when I was there with Doyle. Uh, I know Raymond very well, uh, Coach Braithwaite very well, and uh, I know that uh, you know it's just hard. You know, you can't duplicate the whole Doyle thing. You can't. You never will it, be able to. No, and it, it, it I've I said this from the beginning too. I feel like that they have lost their edge a little bit since Doyle left, and. Um, Last year, the defense looked a lot better, but that's something that, you know, that comes up and, you know, South Bend Hawkeye, I owe him a t-shirt. Sorry. He said that uh, I was supposed to send him a t-shirt. I never look at the Instagram DMs ever. So um, I'll hop in there and get you a shirt sent out. Cause I know that we told you that we would do that. So thanks for being patient, man. Um, think about kind of what South Bend Hawkeye saying here. It's only going to get tougher. We got U USC, UCLA. We got, look at Oregon. I mean, Oregon is a juggernaut. Like, we aren't keeping the pace. And we're going to keep slipping farther and farther back. And it's going to be one of those things that we're so scared to make a change because well, what look what happened when we got rid of Tom Davis. You know, we fell in the dumpster. Well, that was because we made some garbage hires at that point. Yeah. And, right. you know... It, it, there's also a thing where, you know, look what Penn State did with Joe Paterno. They held on way too long with him. They started to head downhill. They they brought in some new life, and it reinvigorated the program. So, again, you hold on too long, we'll end up like the Illinois. You know, there's nothing, nothing about us that says we won't drop down to that level because think about it. Do you think Caleb Brown's going to come back here next year? That guy has aspirations to play in the NFL, and he's not getting the ball. Right. Yeah. You know, that's that's the frustrating part. How are you going to look a recruit in the eye on the offensive side of the ball and and get him to want to play in this system? Well, how, how they respond to this is going to be probably will determine the rest of the season. I, in my opinion, I, I think that you know, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Uh, I hope that those players are and the coaches are so embarrassed with what just happened. Uh, and even though they might not be showing it to the media or to the fans, they are embarrassed. I really hope that they are deep down inside. And this entire week, they are. I mean, starting immediately when they got on the bus to get on the plane to go home to Iowa City, uh, starting immediately, like that's when it started to happen. Um, you know, their thought process about how, how they're going to react to this. Um, I, I, I I see this, you know, I, I said it last week when, you know, I think I was talking about like, you know, Hawkeye football could kick me in the balls in the face at the same time, blah, 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 blah. This kind of relates to life too, you know, like sometimes things like this, like this is a kick in the balls in the face at the same time, you know, like it hurts. 
but how you respond to that is is what is what matters. And um, I, you know, I'll always remain optimistic when this with, with this stuff. I trust that those you know whatever's happening behind those closed doors is is uh, is the right stuff. Um, you know, hopefully they change a couple things around. Cade McNamara, what, what whatever's going on in his mind, hopefully he can flush all that. And uh, gosh, I need to see some kickers come out and do some beautiful stuff. You know, like I, yeah. I, I was disappointed that I, I didn't see any kickers doing other than Tory Taylor. With right. all yeah. respect, the guy's not, yeah. he's not a kicker. You know, this is the highlight. Punter. I mean, I mean, I, I, I will say this, you know, the new age of punting where it's the rugby style. Dude, I could do what he was doing. Are you kidding me? You get that ball, you turn and like, I mean, really, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to get into that, but. <laughs> yeah, no. And the thing is too about it, it's like, we're, we're tired of this. Like, we want to keep trying to be the best, you know, a, the best average team in the Big Ten. You know, we, seriously, we're not even knocking on the door to compete with the Michigan and a Penn State and Ohio State. Now we have Oregon. You know, we have USC coming in and we're going to get the, we're going to get mopped up with these guys. And I'm tired of the philosophy of our program is, well, let's just be better than Wisconsin or not even Wisconsin. Got a golden retriever running around chewing on his yep. piggy behind me. You can hear him. He's having a good time <laughs> right now. And it's the only thing that makes me smile when I'm talking about Iowa football right now. But, you know, the mindset is like, oh, as long as we're better than these other crap teams in the West, you know, we're pretty good. I'm just, I've had it and I'm fed up. I'm agitated. I'm angry. Uh, JD says he loves Kirk, but it's time to go. I agree. It's run its course. I'm ready for a change. Matt, do you feel like it's it's time to make a change or are you of the mindset, uh, some of the fan base that he's earned the right to stay in coach as long as he wants to. I don't know that anybody earns the right to stay forever. I mean, at that point, what are you, what are you doing to your program? You got to look at the future. Uh, he's been a great coach uh, through the whatever, 24 years of coaching. But for, for people to say, you know, he's one X, he's done X. I mean, he, he just, You've got to look forward. You've got to look past. Um, it's it can be done gracefully, and I, you know, and at Iowa it will be, and we may see him another year or whatever. But there's there's definitely changes that's got to happen for us to succeed if he is going to stay, and if not, then we need to get a good hire in and change this, turn this thing around. You know, you're right with. Oregon, USC, Washington. I mean, they're all going to smoke us at this rate. Yeah. What we got coming in here. Plus all the teams in the East. I saw uh, a comment from a Penn State fan on, you know, scrolling social media and it's like, we just zeroed the supposed best team in the West. You know, that's embarrassing. It is. And we didn't even put up a fight in my opinion. And at the end of the game, we were mailing it in. Um, Drew says questions, yeah. a whole new regime. I mean, if we can keep Phil Parker, he's one of the best, if not the best defensive coordinator in the country and LeBar Woods would be great. It's just, you know, depending on who the new head coach is going to be, um, it just, there needs to be some changes. And I, I don't know that that's ever going to happen. We've felt like this before, but with our week schedule, that we have the frustrating part is we'll still maybe win eight games this year because we're the best average team in the big 10 
And when we go away from these divisions, it's going to expose us. And that's going to be what we need, you know, and I say it's going to be what we need to make a change. I still don't, I'm still not confident that they ever will, but they're going to start to lose fan interest, which I feel like already started to happen. I mean, there's fans leaving games early. You look at, at stands for, you know, last few home games like Western Michigan, that was pathetic. The, you know, we should have handled those guys and we struggled with them in the first half, you know? So that's the, I don't, that's the frustrating part. One thing I've noticed though, too, is I feel like on defense and it might be a little bit that these guys are just a little bit tired, Kyle and Matt, you tell me what you think. But one guy that I've been really disappointed in is Xavier Wamka. I've noticed him getting beat a lot on routes, getting touchdowns scored on him, missing tackles. You know, this five-star guy that was supposed to be a brick house with unparalleled speed is not really playing inspired football out there right now. And I don't know if it's because he's just worn out from being on the field so much, or is he just not as good as we thought he was, or is he just not inspired? I don't, what, what do you guys think? Cricket. Go ahead, Matt. What do you got? <laughs> they were gassed. The defense was gassed. Absolutely. 100% by halftime they had already had a ton of time on the field with little rest. So you could definitely tell uh, that they were, they were gassed, but uh, I think for as good as our secondary was supposed to be coming in, I, I feel like they've slipped a little bit. Uh, there's a few guys that, you know, didn't look like they were in position or just too slow to get into position or whatever it was, you know, Penn state picked us apart. Yeah. Three to yeah three to 12 yards at a time. They didn't have any great big plays that I can really recall that really outstanding. We completely blew coverage, but I mean, they, they used our soft cushy secondary and just went inside them and 10 yards at a time, five yards at a time. They just yeah. marched on the field with a gas defense. It just is what it is. But yeah, Xavier hasn't looked great. I don't think Cooper's looked, that great either and he's no. he's good so i don't know if it's the other personnel in the field they're trying to do too much or or what it is but i mean there's definitely some improvement that can be had there kyle kyle what's going to happen because i don't see a scenario where brian hits that 25 point average i just don't see it what 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 do you and just I know we're guessing here, but from what you what you know and what you feel in your heart, what do you feel is going to happen? Is you think Beth is going to hold him to that and let Brian go, or do you feel like she's going to rework it and say, ah, never mind, we're not going to fire Brian after all? Well, first off, I don't know anything, but in my heart, I feel that you know Coach Ferentz is going to remain, uh, you know. Guys, you have to remember what we don't know is, you know, picture all those coaches around a round table, you know, like giving input and coach parents allowing an open conversation on what should happen, who should be in charge, who should be here, who should be there, what should be going on. You know, like I guarantee Phil Parker is chomping at the bit. I mean, him and Phil, him and Phil Parker are probably having, uh, you know, beers right now at the Hilltop. Uh, look it up uh, in Iowa City, uh, right. the Hilltop. That was his favorite shot, favorite, favorite place to go to right off of Prairie du Chien. Um, anyway, uh, you know, I, I, I do briefly want to go back to uh, one of the comments here on social media, soldier, soldier of the USA. You know, he mentioned that I don't think strength, strength conditioning had changed. Um, 
I, I, you're right. You are. So here we are. The strength and conditioning yep. wasn't changed after drill. So it was, it was okay. So you're right in the sense that the strength and conditioning programming wasn't changed because the whole idea of a division one and this speak, this comes from my background training the seals and you know having a strength and conditioning background myself. The whole purpose of that is if I were leave the next guy in charge is you know like look it's a machine it needs to keep running so the next guy in line like Raymond Braithwaite was designed uh was completely taught to hey if, if i'm gone if i if i'm not here the next day there's no speed bump whatsoever but i will say yeah you're right so it was doyle's leadership and toughness he instilled throughout the team you know doyle just brought this he had this attitude he had this bravado he had this presence um that i can't explain and i'm and and you know gosh Coach Braithwaite is is an amazing dude, and he helped me through a lot of uh, helped me and a bunch of other dudes through through a lot of stuff while I was there. But uh, I, I, you know, again, I mean, we could talk about we could talk for hours about how the, the impact that Doyle had on each and every player throughout those uh, you know the many years that he was there. I do think that that helps. It really does. How you approach the day, how you approach the game, um, you know, how you dissect the game, how you, you know prepare for the next game you know all that stuff man you're with your you're with your strength conditioning coach more than you are your position coaches you really are yeah um so you know like uh, we could bring anybody here on the show greenway we could bring matt roth we could bring gallery we could bring steiny we could bring anybody you know from my playing days kating and they'll say the same exact thing um we could bring you know i mean even david porter you know guys that Gosh, Miguel Merrick, we could bring it, it. The list goes on and on and on. And I, and I guarantee that they would say the same thing. Kyle, it's been noted that the Doyle spent a lot of time with that, at that offensive line and really helped shape them and toughen them up. And it's not a coincidence that when he left, we've noticed that offensive line has dropped off big time. But the, again, we have the problem with Kirk that he won't make staff changes and won't make adjustments uh, to to make things better because again, why would you, you know, why would yeah. you, you're going to win eight games a year and do it the way you want to do it with the guys you want to do it with, because you know that you're not going to get fired. Yeah. That's the frustrating yeah. part as an Iowa fan. Uh, AZ Hawkeye sure. says the rest of big 10 just saw how to beat us blitz, 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 and blitz some more because the wide receivers aren't getting open. And the play calling is so predictable when a, when a couch armchair quarterback like myself can tell what we're going to do every time we line up i can tell what we're running myself i should not be able to tell that every single time and yeah. that's that's a problem i the, the only thing i have to say to this is again let me make it clear that i don't know anything what's going on inside the program but the, but you know i've got some players that i played with uh on that staff right now um and the only thing i can think of is coach parents is really adamant on developing the coaches, you know, and getting them as much experience as possible as they like. He, it's almost like he he cares about winning and and progressing the program, but all of a sudden, but but also he cares about mentoring and developing the coaching side too, which I understand, you know, because again, like he's trying to. It's like Coach Ferris just has this big old hug that he wants to bring all the players and coaches in. And see everybody uh, grow and you know be, become better people. Uh, again, this is just my opinion uh, from 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 what I experienced. I mean, let's look at how young the coaching staff is. Uh, all of his assistants are. 
you know, you talk about Brian Ferentz. I mean, I, I watched an interview that he did today. I thought he spoke very, very well and very professionally. It's weird to hear him speak like that just because I went to college with him. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, like I thought that he, he, he responded very well to the media's, you know, not necessarily criticism, but, you know, questions about the game and about his, I think one of the questions was about his, his current position on staff moving forward. And he, you know, he, he, he went into like this layered, this layered thing about how like, yeah, playing for my dad is tough. You know, this, you know, I understand all that, you know, like I really was able to see the, the side of, of Brian that, uh, that I think is very true and genuine. Um, you know, guys, all I'll say is that I just hope that, that they, they, they really learn from this and whatever happens behind the scenes, we, we just need to, I think soldier from the USA said also at the very beginning, like I'm boycotting the rest of the season. Yeah. Right. Come on, man. You're not going to boycott the rest of the season. That's a lie. You know, you're going to tune into every game. You're going to pay attention to everything. Like you're just venting. I get it. All of us say that stuff. It's kind of like when Trump was like, you know, becoming, uh, you know, running for office again. It's like, we were all moving to Canada. We're all moving to Canada. It's like, all right, I go. Yeah. Nobody moved to Canada. Yeah, 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 I get it. Yeah, we're all pissed yeah. off. I get it, but like you know, like me as a former, like dude, I have people walking by my house all the time, giving me a ton of shit about like what just happened. I've got a couple clients that are Penn State fans, and all they're doing is texting my head off. You know, and yeah. come on, you got to take it in stride. It's college football. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, I led a sales meeting today, and the first thing I said was, "Everybody, shut up about Iowa." I know we were terrible <laughs> right away. That's <laughs> yeah. that's how I started it, and everyone started laughing. So, um, yeah, a, a lot of people are cringing, thinking about playing Oregon, which we should. Tanner, I hundred percent ag- agree with that. And if we if we're not dropping forty next week, there needs to be a change in the guard immediately. There won't be. I mean, they're not gonna they're not gonna change a damn thing. So. Uh, we're going to have to wait till the end of the season for any changes because Kirk won't do that, but there needs to be a lot of changes, especially on offense. This is not working. And again, if we want to continue to be the best average team in the big 10, let's keep doing what we're doing. Let's keep beating Illinois Northwestern and Indiana and Rutgers, you know, Maryland's passing us. Maryland's climbing the charts. They're having a good year. Uh, You know, Maryland's going to be tough. Maryland's doing some good things. You know, we're, we're falling down the depth chart of the big 10 pretty quick because again, we have put ourselves in a dangerous position. I've said that from year for the last three or four years that when you have a coach in place that hasn't won a big 10 championship since 2004 and feels like he's untouchable, that's a problem. Okay. If you have somebody on your staff that's performing at the level that Brian Ferentz is, one of the worst offenses in the country over the last two to three years, and you continually employ him and bring him back, this is why nepotism is not allowed in the workplace because you're not able to make a clear and concise decision without your heart and do what's best for the institution and the program because he's your son. I get it. Matt, Kyle, and myself, we'd all be in the same spot. Because if we had our son in that role, you're going to give your son a lot more grace than you're going to give another person. If anybody else would have been in that role, they'd have been gone by now. We all bitched about Greg Davis when he was in there. The dude was rolling out with like the 45th, the 53rd ranked offense in the country. We would kill for that right now. Yeah, we would. Kill. And if, if, if my, if, sorry, if my son wanted an offensive coordinator position under me, I would, I would, I would do exactly the same thing. I would let him get as much as he wanted 
and squeeze him until the very last drop is out and then ask him, you still want to do this? <laughs> you know, the, the lack of creativity with, you know, this staff, it's just, okay, I'm, we're going to shove Brian down your throat. He's your offensive coordinator. Why in the hell, Kirk, have you not thought of, you know what, this is not working and I want to do what's best for my son. So you need to go to the Mountain West or the Mac and get a head coaching job or even a coordinator job. Prove at that level that you can do it. And then at that point, we'll think about bringing you back. But you're going to yeah. continue to shove this horrible offense down our throats year in and year out and expect something to change schematically Brian doesn't have the brain to be able to run an offense that's going to be effective at the Big Ten level he's not able to do it he's got some strong pieces except for a, the garbage offensive line that we still haven't fixed and he's not able to do it um we're gonna go Tori was great uh says Thomas he created a turnover yeah I mean Tori was awesome it's sad when your punter is continually the bright spot of the games you know <laughs> Like with these numbers, he might win the Heisman. <laughs> we're our program is getting made fun of all over college game day. Pat McAfee is just bagging on Brian Ferentz week in and week out. That we got you guys got this great program and you have a shitty offensive coordinator. And because his dad's the head coach, we continually bring him back. It the He's whole the whole world's yeah. laughing at us, you know, make a change and tell Kirk yeah. we're making a change at offensive coordinator. And if you absolutely refuse to do it, we're sorry, coach, but then we're going to have to move on from you too. He's got to do what's best for the program, not what's best for his family. And that he's not doing that right now. You're putting your family in front of what's best for this program. You have right. how many, you know, Hawkeye fans, you know, a million Hawkeye fans across the country that you owe it to, to do the right thing by, and you're not, you're trying to do what's best for your son. And this is why people don't allow you in the professional workplace. If we were in a role in our office, say I tried to hire my son, I probably wouldn't be able to in most corporations, especially if it was a public company like that. Right. You're not allowed, you're not allowed to do it. Um, I don't know. You guys, Take some of this off, off my. Off so my I had an interesting bad. conversation with an employee of mine, uh, or not an employee of mine, but a, a coworker of mine. Sorry, uh, okay. he's a he's a UAB fan. University of uh, Alabama, Birmingham, played okay. number one Georgia Bulldogs team. They put up twenty one points against the number one team in the country. Mm. As University of Alabama, <laughs> Birmingham, Trent Dilfer. You sagged Penn State, so maybe we should hire that offensive coordinator. I guarantee you, well, jump. Yeah. Well, uh, so I, you know, I'm I'm only offering a different perspective here, and just disclaimer, throw this out there. I was just a kicker. I don't know anything about you know calling plays. Like I was just trusted that they just one of the thing. greatest kickers in Iowa history. That's all. <laughs> I appreciate it, but you know, um, you know, uh, back when I played, we we were very we were very successful. Would you would you agree with that? Yes, yes, yeah, very. We, we were so so. I kicked a lot of field goals uh, during that time uh, in the three years that I played. That I was the starting kicker. I think I was, I think I kicked fifty. I don't know, fifty plus some field goals, and that is, that's a lot in three years. It really is. Uh, I don't think there's any other kicker, maybe Kading, that did that as well uh, in three years. But anyway, 
you know, was it good offensive coordinating back then, or did we just figure shit out and execute it, you know, and call audibles and figure it out? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what I want is what, and again, I'm just offering a, 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 I'm trying to be, you know, devil's advocate here. I, I, I understand that there's a problem here that needs to be fixed, but, you know, back then we won a lot of games, but I also know that we struggled. We struggled to win a lot of games and we fought and had to figure shit out quite a bit to win games. So, you know, like there were a lot of, you know what I mean? Like I want someone to go back and watch all the seasons that I played in all the seasons that I was a part of and be like, well, actually you're right. You know, or uh, actually it was great play calling. Um, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm trying to offer a different perspective here. Um, South Bend Hawkeye says, could you imagine the old baby boomers would think if Iowa brought in a minority coach that could relate to kids, kids like to fun and gun, brought <laughs> hype and actually made Iowa football game, like maybe like a Deion Sanders type. I can't even imagine that, but I'm sure Colorado couldn't have imagined that either before he got there. That is so, I feel like, I don't know. I, again, I think I speak for most fans. I don't care you know, the race, religion, sexual orientation, anything like that. If you can win football games and you're a good human being, that's all I care about. So I, I would love a little more excitement in the program and getting somebody that, that brings a little bit of luster and uh, a little bit of excitement on Saturdays. Like, again, are, are any of us excited to watch this when it takes, a, you know, when they take the field? Because it's not a good product. It's tough to watch. So I don't know. Brett uh, Ellis uh, from Peoria, Illinois, uh, out in Kyle country says he's in fighting <laughs> Illini country. I'm not impressed with C coach Brett here this year, but it's sadly a toss up. I I'm a little surprised that Illinois is taking a step back like they have. i struggled, but I still believe in Brett Bielema. I think he's going to get it done there in Illinois. Uh, he's so early on. It's going to take him a little bit of time. And that's a tough place right now to recruit to similar as Iowa, you know, when they haven't been good for that long, it's hard, hard to get, get the ball rolling there, but I feel like they're going to be a little bit more patient with him. What do you think, Kyle? I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the heck is going on over there in Illinois. Um, well, over here in Illinois, uh, up over there, down there in uh, Champaign, you know, it's it's unfortunate to me when you see a program like that go through, I mean, how many coaching changes in the past 15 years? Four, five? You know, we started with Zook and we went to, you know, whoever else. You know, that, that shouldn't be happening. Um, uh, you know, they've got a great campus, a great team, a great tradition. And uh, right now they have, in my opinion, uh, a great coach. Uh, I was only with him a year but gosh, guys, he's got a Hawkeye tattoo on his leg, you know, like, yeah, let's get it done. You know, like I, I really feel for him. Uh, I hope that he can be there for many years and, and be successful and be competitive with Iowa. I really do. Hmm. Like, I want to go back to, I want to go back to seeing, you know, that be uh, uh, a hard fought, a hard fought game. When I played there, it was just a hard stadium to play in, but it was an easy win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a comment came up that might be the funniest comment I've ever seen. So brace yourselves for what's about to come here. But uh, uh, Kenny says, totally agree about X. He's been very disappointed with his play. Uh, five star this year was his year to break out and the opposites happened. He hasn't done anything that I've been impressed with. I, I There could be other circumstances we don't know about, but I, I try to watch him a lot because he's a guy that we've been excited about. 
and, right. and again, he hasn't really done much. So I, I, I've been disappointed in him. And uh, winner of the comment of the day, though, so I thought this is why I've been laughing the whole time. Chuck says Iowa Hawkeyes, the missionary position in the sex chart of college football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, couldn't have said it better myself. So if we're the missionary position of that, what's Col- Colorado right now? Because that's disappointing, I guess. So we they've kind of showed their true identity, but um, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That definitely gets comment of, of the night, but it, you know, it is, it's Great. essentially like your I'm, partner continually tells you what you're doing is not doing the job yet. You know, they're not going to get rid of you. So you just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Cause the lack of creativity and the lack of urgency. Wait, hold on, Chuck. I want to see the entire chart here. Like I, <laughs> I need to see, this, uh, I need to see this breakdown. <laughs> Chuck, <laughs> Chuck, Chuck, we want you to put together a chart for each position yeah. and what program is affiliated with it. I think that's hilarious. And oh, and, and feel 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 free to be as vulgar and as uh, and as uh, yeah, you know, we don't care. Ex- uh, I guess as explicit as possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're doing this at eight thirty. This is Nebraska Hawksness after dark. It's uh, straight straight to the gutter for us. But Chuck, that's freaking hilarious. <laughs> Um, we got another one here from Drew. From my understanding, to make the College Football Hall of Fame, you need a career-winning percentage of 60%. By my math, Kirk needs uh, a 10-2 season this year to hit that clip. I could see Beth let Kirk resign and move on uh, with the super conference alignment because the likelihood of Hawks winning 60% or better from that point is not likely. Doing him a favor. You know, I, I agree with a lot of that. I don't think that Kirk is the guy to navigate us through the super conference that the big 10 is going to become, um, you know, and Tanner wants to know if uh, Kyle can be the new strength and conditioning coach, Kyle, what, what, if, if they called you and asked you to come in and lead that charge, you know, cause you've got a little experience, you know, with um, is the Naval special, what's it called? I, I get it wrong. Warfare. Warfare. Prep, I was afraid to say school. it cause I would. Okay. What would you say if they gave you a call and wanted you to come in? Oh, guys, I've had dreams about that. I really have. Uh, you know, not, not, you know, again, let's, who, who is, who's there right now? Ray Braithwaite. I don't know who his assistants are. I don't know who his grad assistants are. But I know that Ray, I had Ray. Ray signed off on my card, on my lifting card many, many times. Like, he's responsible for me progressing through the ranks. You know, if I were to, I mean, we could talk for hours about this as well, about the, how the strength and conditioning within the program works. You know, Ray has a special place in my heart. He really has. He, him and Doyle both have made me uh, the person that I am today. But, you know, again, um, it, it, I mean, gosh, if I were to get a phone call, I, I would I would definitely take it. I'd be great. I mean, first of all, th- that facility is, is totally badass, the new one. Of course, I would, I would petition to... Um, I would petition, petition to move it back to the old school one back in the Jacobson athletic building, but that wouldn't happen because I'm, I'm, I'm a vintage guy. Uh, but you know, uh, I would definitely take it, you know, and, uh, I think that, um, I don't want to take away anything because I don't know anything what's going on behind the scenes, but I think that that Doyle, that Doyle attitude, especially towards the O-line because he was an O-line coach. If you don't, if you look up his, uh, coach Doyle's, um, coaching stats, I think he was at uh, Holy Cross for a long time okay. uh, as an O-line coach. If you, if you look up his stats, 
Uh, I mean, he had an O-line background. I mean, the guy was th- over, th- he was 300 plus pounds. Guys, we'd be doing our workouts inside the gym and he'd be doing the strongman stuff, picking up 300 pound rocks and putting, you know, 300, 300 pound Atlas stones, uh, you know, clean and jerking 400 pounds. I mean, the guy was, he, he led by example. Um, and he just had this thing about it, man. Um, Sounds like an animal. I can't, yeah, yeah. He, I, he just, but but he also was that kind of guy who you could walk in and shoot the shit with and be hundred percent, uh, you know, okay with uh, you know, not being on the same level as him. He was just yeah. a great dude. So anyway, I do think well, that element is missing. Yeah, and he, you know, I, I I wish that he wouldn't have maybe said some of the things that he's said over the years to get him to get him fired. And exactly. how many coaches yeah. have said stuff like that? And it's just like in the world that we live in now as a coach, you have to be so politically correct because you get a couple players out of your program that aren't happy with how things went and they're going to bitch about it and go public with it. Next thing you know, you lose your job. So yeah. um, this is, Very you know, yeah, it's unfortunate. And I wish he would have been given an opportunity to address you know what happened and i don't agree with some of the things he said i think it was definitely a little out of line and he got a little a little loose with uh his verbiage with some guys about some of the you know the jokes and things he was saying i mean if you would have said something like that to me i'd have laughed and i'm like okay you know like he told he told kyle if he didn't get his shit together he's gonna send it back to the meth labs of ohio (laughs) like you know like (laughs) of iowa yeah yeah. of iowa yeah i mean that's freaking hilarious like if he would you know and (laughs) And, and and I remember laughing and just, you know, continuing on with my day. And yeah, that was it, you know, like, because I heard I heard him rip on everybody else, too. I mean, right. Yeah. Come on, let's, let's let's go walk inside the locker room of Alabama, you know, like, come on. Like, yeah, it's it's everywhere. It really is. He was yeah. an equal opportunist. He was an equal opportunity offender. That's for sure. And we, we talked about that a lot, but Kyle soldier of the USA says he's serious about the boycott. He can't take it anymore. Not lying. I, All right. You know, I, 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 I'm sure there's some people that are like that. I mean, a lot of programs, they get to the point where, again, like I said, you watch the same rerun over and over and over again, people are just tired of it. And if, if they don't feel like that, the university and the yeah. athletic department has the urgency to get some shit changed, then they're just going to move on and spend their Saturdays doing something else. Well, sure. So soldier of the USA, what are you going to do? You're going to spend your like going to home Depot. You got some big plans to bed, bath and beyond. Like what's going on? You know, like, are you going to, you know, I I highly doubt it that you're not going to tune in some sort of way because you're concerned about how the Hawkeyes are doing. That's all I mean. You know, you can boycott sitting down and popping some popcorn and grilling your wings and all that stuff and actually partaking in the tailgating and the actual watching of the game. But you're still going to pay attention, man. Come on. I'm still going to watch. Matt's still going to watch. Kyle yeah. barely watches as it is, even if we were undefeated. God, I'm giving you shit, Kyle. What? <laughs> I, I was just saying, Kyle's not going to really pay that close of attention regardless of if we're winning or losing. I'm just giving you shit. Um, <laughs> well, but, I mean, in a way, in a way, you're right. I mean, I still pay attention, but whether or not we're winning or losing, like it kind of goes back to what I said last week. Like I, I wake up the next morning and I'm still going to be a Hawkeye fan no matter what. Like I don't yeah. care who's in charge. I don't care who's there. Like I, I you know, like I have such deep uh vein you know i i i thought about this i'm sorry to interrupt and this will only take a minute but no you're so well so so you 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 guys are well aware i'm a big premier league soccer fan so i'm a no you've never told us that before i have i've been a manchester united fan ever since i was a little little boy and i have a small 
a small Manchester United fan, uh, uh, jersey to prove it. It's in my, my little brother's closet in Carlisle, Iowa. But uh, so not too long ago, I was really into buying and trading Premier League soccer jerseys. Uh, you know, I had an array of, you know, I had Barcelona jerseys, Barcelona, uh, Manchester United jerseys. And I remember uh, purchasing this, this jersey and then trading it and selling it to a, or I'm sorry, I remember purchasing this jersey, doing some research. I found this guy who uh, was, uh, I met this guy somewhere in Chicago and, and I bought this jersey from him. And this was a, this is a, you know, pretty expensive, um, you know, a uh, pretty prestigious jersey from Manchester United from when they won the treble, the Champions League, the Premier League, and the FA Cup back in the day, blah, 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 blah. And I remember exchanging, doing the exchange, and, and I was like, why, why are you getting rid of this? He's like, oh, I've been a Manchester United fan for my entire life, uh, but I just, you know, they haven't been winning too much lately, and i got to make the switch to Manchester City. And Manchester City is their direct rival within the same town. So it'd be like, you know, dealing with somebody who was a Hawkeye fan for their entire life, and then all of a sudden just getting sick of what's going on and moving to an Iowa state fan. I mean, could you imagine that? You know, like, and I remember yeah. saying to him, like, really? Like, what the is wrong with you? You know, like, what is, mm. so anyway, it's for anybody out that's for, that's for anybody out there who's calling themselves a true fan, you know, like, yeah, you gotta ride and, the storm, man. You gotta, you gotta do this. And I, I think, you know, we all say what we're going to say. We're bitching, we're complaining, we're frustrated, but what, you know, I'm going to watch every game. I'm going to still go to games this year. I'm going to not be probably as overly enthusiastic as I have been in the past. And Matt's laughing right now. Matt, you got a dip in right now? <laughs> you don't? Okay. You're, yeah, he does. He's lying right now. He's got a dip in. He smile. Matt smiles like the Joker when he's got a dip in. Look at smile, Matt. He looks like the Joker when he smiles and he's got a dip in. So that's why I always know he can't lie to me. Why? I'm so furious. I'm it's that, that saying just because I'm mad doesn't mean I don't care. And I'm always going to care. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing my white socks stuff today because I know we suck and I know we were supposed to suck. And just looking at a tiger Hawk right now just puts me in a bad mood. And it's because I care because I love them and I'm, I'm still going to go. I'm frustrated. And, You know, yep. think in, you know, like Charles says, Kirk's part of the problem. It's it's philosophy on the game. Hate to say it. You know, I, I agree. I mean, for us, to, you'd be naive if you said he wasn't part of the program. Um, and I, you know, I'll tell you the story. Um, Bobby says no coach owns a program. I think we're about as close as it gets right now at Iowa. Um, I, I was at Penn State. This was probably six years ago when we were playing there and got blown out. Like similar to how we got blown out, but that time we at least put up a couple points. And I ran in to at one of the bars, ended up sitting at a table with like a lot of the guys that run the national eye club, some of the big movers and shakers. Um, and not that I was invited to sit at this table because I'm just a regular fan, like everybody else listening, but I just happened to bump into these guys, got pulled into some, and I'm nosy, had some drinks, started talking to these guys and thought I'd let them know how I felt a little bit on the direction of the program. Their mindset on the whole thing is they're super tight with Kirk. They love him. He's a personal friend. And what, what a better coach can we get than, than him? How are, how are we going to do any better? And it's like, that's a horrible freaking mindset to have. He's a Kirk's a wonderful man and does a lot for these guys. And I have the utmost respect for that. He does everything with high integrity. 
but we're ready for something different. We're ready for a little bit of a change in product on the field because what we're getting right now, we're, we're tired of it. And, you know, again, to talk with what Bobby says, no coach owns a program. I agree with that 95% of the time. I think Nick Saban would have other words to say about that. Kirk Ferentz <laughs> has other things to say about that. The funny thing with Nick Saban, though, he's got national championships. We haven't won a conference championships t- since 2004. And for some reason, our coach can essentially have the power that the athletic director has, which I don't understand. And when the press conferences are going on, again, going back to last year and the years before, the arrogance and the dismissiveness when he talks to the media, it's because he knows that he can say and do what he wants and nobody's going to do anything about it. So right. that's that, that that's the frustrating part. But moving on a little bit here to um, Michigan State coming up this week, um, again, we got a dumpster fire rolling into Iowa city and uh, you know, they have some talent on that team and we Mel Tucker suing the university for, you know, feeling like he was set up in this whole entire thing. It looks a little bit like that might've happened, but Hey, here's the deal. Coach Tucker don't have um, phone relations with a girl. That's a, a sexual rights activist that you bring in to talk to your team. You moron. So I get that, you know, maybe you were, you know, you walked into a trap, but you walked into the trap like a moron. So regardless, <laughs> um, do whatever you got to do to sue the university. But guys, we're favored in this game, which by eight, right? Yeah, by eight. And I wanted to get your guys' thoughts, you know, with this in Iowa City, is our offense going to show any signs of life? It makes me think of that meme like the guy poking the dead body with a stick, like, you know, something Matt, what are you, what do you feel like we're going to see this weekend? Is there going to be any improvement? And there was a story I heard that the Miller light delight will be in Iowa city this weekend. Are those rumors true? Those rumors are true. I believe with Adams. Mm. Uh, Adams will be there too. All right. We're going to, um, do we have any idea where we're going to be tailgating this weekend, Matt? Because there's a lot of Hawkeye fans out there. I'd love to have a drink with those guys that listen to our shitty podcast week after week to support us. <laughs> we want to, we want to meet you. We want to have a drink with you, Matt. Do we know anywhere where we might, we might be this weekend? Cause I feel like I'm kind of your guest. What's that? What are you thinking? I don't have a spot designated spot in mind. I guess there's okay. a, a lot across from pink uh, pine. Of course, the Finkbein that has been real well has been has treated us good. It, I, I like it because when you get a couple pale guys <laughs> like us, it, there's a lot of shade over there. So yeah. <laughs> we, we can we can survive over there pretty right. well. I mean, you look at my Nordic skin; it's not uh, not built for <laughs> lots of time out in the sun. So I get red just thinking about being out in the sun. So. Um, so that lot across from Finkbine, guys, send us a message like on Twitter, Facebook, if you're out tailgating, we'd love to have a drink with you. Um, we can we can be mobile. We can maybe swing over to Finkbine or walk around the parking lot outside of Kinnick a little bit before the game. But um, that's a lot of what we do. Why we do what we do is because of you guys. And we're not here doing this podcast without your guys' interaction. So uh, we appreciate everything that you guys do. Um, Matt, what do you think is going to happen in this game? Any, any thoughts? Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, Penn State punched him in the mouth. And balls at the same time. Yeah, everywhere humanly possible they got punched. And uh, I think this team's probably going to 
take that adversity, and I think they're going to play a lot better. Um, we cover this. I think we're going to cover the spread. Michigan State isn't very good this year. You know, they got some interim coach Mark D'Antonio is still there. Yeah, they got some talent and they played well, but uh, after Saturday, uh, you know, they're going to have a hard week of practice. So I think yeah. I think they'll cover. Uh, Kyle D. D. Barnes says after watching Michigan State and Iowa, Iowa could lose this game Saturday. MSU does have ha- they have talent. I agree with D. Barnes one hundred percent. They they have some players on that team. Mel Tucker did do some good recruiting. He had some good things going. What was he earning the contract that he got? No, absolutely not. He Michigan State really overreacted because they were afraid that he was going to take the LSU job, and they tried to get ahead of it and gave gave him this way overinflated contract and they have not got a return on their investment. That's why they want it out. But there are some players on that team. And if we don't get our crap together, we could lose that game. But Kyle, um, just from the, you know, what we've seen this season, I was favored by eight at Kinnick. How, how do you, how do you feel like we're going to fare in this one? Well, I, I think, it would, I think that we're going to respond properly from this uh this last week i hope that they come out with a bang and you know have again anytime you have something like this super embarrassing on the road i mean gosh guys that bus ride to the plane and then the plane back completely silent guarantee it uh it's it's a very humbling effect it really is uh i just you know i'm anticipating a uh a bounce back that is going to be tenfold I hope that, uh, you know, they come out with a bang and everything's firing on all cylinders. I will say this. It was kind of cool to see Deacon Hill come in and fire a couple away. I don't know what you guys thought about that, but I thought it was, you know, first of all, I, I, it was yeah. a bit of a gut punch to see Cade McNamara, you know, take a, take a back seat and have them bring the backup quarterback in. But gosh, Deacon Hill, you know, for what he did and what he, you know, for what, seeing him, how he commanded things and, you know, took the snaps and was slinging things around. I thought he did real well. I wouldn't mind seeing a, a uh, didn't they do this recently? Kind of like a hybrid uh, quarterback. Did they do this in like the last six, seven years? Like where they had like this hybrid quarterback thing going on? Maybe, maybe I'm hallucinating here, but. Um, you know, Kirk really does not like doing that. Um, he really hasn't done much <laughs> of that, but he does not like to make change at quarterback during the season, yeah. no matter. I mean, we saw that with Spencer, um, you know, we saw that with him not wanting to put Ricky Stanzi in, you know, we, we saw that yeah. with not wanting to put CJ Beathard in. I mean, he, he get he hitches his trailer to a quarterback and he wants to go down with the ship. Yeah. So, well, anyway, I, I, I noticed that I picked it up. I picked up on it and I thought that, Hey, maybe this could be something, you know, who knows what'll happen, but um, yeah. Guys, I'll always always pick Iowa to win the game, no matter how it happens, no matter you know how frustrating it might be. Even if it's by one, they, you know, like a sloth trying to cross across a highway, it'll it'll get done, you know. Whether, yeah. Whether you know, so one way or the other. And you know, it's got to get to the point too. Like South Bend Hawkeye says, I, it's great to have the high integrity. That's important. You know, but at the end of the day, like he says, it doesn't. It's not going to win natties or make the college football playoff. It, you can win and still have integrity. You know that that's the thing. You know, just because he's doing things the right way and has integrity in it, that that's great. You know that we want that, but we also want to win games too, and that's not happening. And you know the way the conference landscape is changing, we're 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 not going to be able to 
we're not going to be able to keep up. So guys, we kind of hit our limit for the night. We're old men. We need to get to bed. Got a lot of comments we didn't get to tonight, guys. We appreciate all the fan interaction. Um, makes it a lot of fun for us just to hear what you guys think. I hope you guys feel like you were included in the podcast tonight. But um, that we got a little thing from Brian said the swarm tailgate was pretty cool. So um, we might have to go over and check that out, Matt, a little bit and see how that is. So, um, yeah. boys, we're going to I see you back next week. We're going to try to stick to this Monday thing and keep doing this. Matt, love, to, okay. love the podcast, guys. Thanks, buddy. We're going to. Thanks, Matt. We're going to keep uh, keep trying to do this Monday night thing, stick to that so you guys have a little bit of consistency with us. But um, I'm afraid to see what's going to happen the rest of the season. You know, just because we're frustrated and complaining, we do wish the team the best. And, um, you know, we need we need to do, we need to turn things around quick and get this figured out. And if that's Deacon Hill in the game a little bit and doing a hybrid between the two of them. I'm all for it. Let's do it. Whatever right. we can do to spark something and get things going. But I wish we could hire a whole new trans, a whole new offensive line in the transfer portal. Cause other than Logan Lee, because what we have going on right now is not working. Oh. Agreed. All right, boys. All right. Any, anything you want to throw in before we close this baby down? No, sir. All right, guys, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.